So to everybody who's new, either here or listening, um, we change your name. If you don't change it by yourself, we change it when you come on and then we don't let you show your video. So we keep this as anonymous as we can be knowing that there's an internet and nothing's ever truly anonymous, but we try. Um, so a lot of people that I coach like for a long time, I've been coaching people for months and months and I know them because of their voice, but if they like came up to me at a conference, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to identify them. Uh, you guys are anonymous to me too. Um, but to be in the presence of surgeons, female surgeons, where you don't have to explain yourself, we understand your life. We understand like to not have to explain that to a coach is awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, people are coming in. I love your names. I love how you change them. We've got like awesome names on today <laughs> because I just name things after the weather, basically. Um, raise your hand. Do you want to come on? We'll do some coaching. What do you got? Or you can raise your hand or you can put type something in the chat box if you want me to chat on a topic. I've got a topic today if uh, nobody wants to raise their hand. There we go. Let's see what's going on. Oh, yeah, CME. So we get offer CME. Um, you get one credit per session. I think it's like one credit per hour. So each of these coaching sessions, you can go in and our virtual assistant, Sharon, um, should be putting up the CME links for every everyone. So it's like five a month you can get just by listening to the coaching sessions. And I listen to all of my stuff at 1.5 speed when I don't listen to it live. You can get your CME for 1.5 speed. All right. Good question. Thanks for Thanks for the housekeeping. Raise your hand if you want to come on for coaching. See what you guys got. Or type in your questions. I was listening to, I'm totally going down a, a Dr. Gabor Mate rabbit hole lately. He's a Canadian physician, primary care, did addiction medicine. I'm on his third, I'm on my third book of his right now, finishing up. The Myth of Normal. And he's actually on Jay Shetty's podcast this week. So I'm listening to it right now. And they're talking a lot about identifying with things and how as humans, it's a very natural human behavior to want to identify with groups, sports teams, countries, all these different jobs, careers, like I am a surgeon, I am an American, I am the Irish descent. You know, we identify with all this and he, I, I actually don't like any sports. Um, but he, he's talking about that because Jay Shetty was like, what's a, what's a healthy identification? And his response basically was like, there's no healthy identification. If anything, it's the healthiest to realize, realize that you do identify and realize that you do try but he said that they, he looks up the definition of identify and it's like to make similar or something like that. It's like we all have this need to do it, but how incredibly limiting identifying can be. 
right? And I see that a lot in surgeons of like how much we identify with being doctors, how much we identify with being surgeons. And we get pride from that thought and we get validation from that thought and we get social standing from that thought and we get we get all these things from identifying as that. And then when we are so broken in the system or broken in our job and we think we they can't possibly be another way, right? And what role of identifying as that profession, when, at what point does it hold us back, right? And so Dr. Mate was actually talking about that of like realizing when we choose to identify, because it's a choice to identify, that it can be limiting us as an individual, as a person. And I just think, you know, it's it's interesting for doctors to talk about that of like, who are you if you're not the surgeon? Who are you if you're not the doctor? Right. And what what that makes it mean to us and how much we cling to that of like, I'm a doctor first and then I'm a blah, blah, blah. And does it actually limit us or prevent our growth? Um, I know Jess is going through this a lot because she is quitting her private. She's quitting her private. I think it's very public knowledge. But Jess, our other coach, is quitting her surgery job and that identification with that being something that is of worth, right? But looking at it as like, that's just a chapter in my life, the chapter that I was a full-time surgeon and what's next. And one can't actually grow if they don't experience the vulnerability of questioning that identification and questioning if there's more and things like that. And I I think, you know, I was, I just gave this lecture in New York City and they were like, podcaster, author, and I'm like, did they say surgeon? I need to make sure they said surgeon first, <laughs> right? Because it's like these other identities that I don't fully identify with. You know, And in coaching, they make you really identify with being a coach. And I'm like, that always felt very foreign to me. I don't feel like I'm a coach. I don't, what I make being a coach mean is not something I identify with. But plenty, cer- certainly tons of coaches do. But this, the growth that can come by figuring out our identities and then realizing how much does that identity help us? What do we gain from that identity? But then also where does it limit us and uh, hold us back from maybe making the changes that are best for us in our life of like, take strip away all the identities. Who are you as a person, as a human being? But there's so many different, I'm a blonde (laughs) <laughs> clearly still identifying because uh, it's not natural anymore. But yeah, the identities of like our ego does it all the time. It's like our ego needing to feel safe and feel protected. But in doing that, we lose the ability to like see greater, bigger things or or being able to relate to other people as like people and not like, well, you're a gastroenterologist. I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon. Right. Of like we're we're people in this world called to do these do these jobs. All right, guys. I don't want to hog the whole limelight of talking though. Raise your hand if you want to come on for coaching. But I'm like, I was listening to that today. And I think people, surgeons very much identify with being surgeons. And like even being like, hey, ever think about questioning that? Ever think about questioning who you are without the surgeon? And is there a difference in your your feelings about that if somebody was to take sur- take surgeon away from you versus you gave it up yourself right and like our sense of 
power and identity if we did that. All right, so I'm going to bring somebody on for coaching. Anybody else who wants coaching, raise your hand so I can get you guys all in by the end of the hour if you want to come on. Otherwise, I will stop bugging y'all because you might just be listening in the car and aren't safe to talk. Sunny day. Hello again. <laughs> How are you? Good. I uh, I felt bad you were talking to yourself. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> Um, so I guess, yeah, um, I guess I could talk about something, but of course, if anybody else wants to go on, um, they can certainly go ahead. Um, since I've had my fair share recently, um, I did want to give an update on my like call email situation from last Thursday. Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, they said that, I guess they didn't realize that there's this other call I'm taking that's unofficial. So they said for now, they will not put me on the November call schedule. So I was like, okay, I can breathe for like two weeks while they figure this out. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, It's so so good. It's like, you know, that night before anybody has all the information, it's like, what the shit? And then you're like, oh, you didn't even know. It's still maybe what the shit, but at least I have time now to tell them I'm not taking all this call in like seven days. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so um, I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, an unrelated situation that came up recently. So at this same hospital, um, I have a patient who um, I operated on who it's been like three months since her surgery and she had just like this freak complication happen. It's nobody's fault. It's not her fault. It's not my fault. She was doing so well post-op and just this thing happened. Um, and so I admitted her to the hospital for urgent surgery and, you know, she does have obviously real pathology, but she's also very histrionic. She catastrophizes a lot. And all of a sudden, um, out of the blue, I get these messages from the chief medical officer of the hospital saying, oh, she wants a second opinion. Have you talked about it? And I didn't answer on my first phone um, because I was like a middle clinic. So we get, you know, he's then messaging me on the other phone trying to get a hold of me. So um, when I call him, he said, you know, I heard through the grapevine, she wants second opinion. Have you heard anything? And I said, no, but you know, happy to get her something if she wants. Um, You know, there's two other surgeons in the hospital, I can facilitate it. And he said, so this community hospital is owned by one of the academic centers in town, but the academic surgeons don't really come up here. It's still staffed by, you know, us community surgeons. And um, he said, oh, well, I heard through the head, the chief of the service at like the academic hospital, that she wants a second opinion. Um, her, uh, I guess like her family friend knows him and mentioned it to him and whatever. And I have no problem if he wants to go and see her for a second opinion or if she wants to see him for a second opinion. But um, I just, I don't know. I felt very uncomfortable with the fact that they got the chief medical officer involved because um, one of the other surgeons that may or may not be involved knows me. So I felt, you know, how come they're not reaching out to me and saying, listen, you know, she wants another opinion. Um, even though I wanted to talk to her about it, she denied it. Um, you know, I almost felt like I was being tattled on to the chief medical officer. I was like, why does he have to get involved with this, you know, perfectly properly handled complication? 
Yeah. And I almost felt like the academic attendings were like putting me in timeout, which is stupid because, you know, I did, we've all done the same fellowship. So there's like no need for that. Yeah. Why do you want to feel that way about it? Um, I guess because, you know, I just feel like if administration gets involved, it's never a good thing. And he said, well, I just want to give you a heads up because sometimes, you know, it's nice to know these things. And, you know, we let it with another compliment. Oh, the ER says you're very responsive whenever they call you, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I guess I, I don't mind if she gets a second opinion. Um, actually, she went and followed up with him for the second opinion, which is fine. Um, but I guess I just didn't like the way they went about it. I'm not sure why we have to get administration involved with something like this. Yeah, I think that's a very common thought that when administration, you said if admin gets involved, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Like show of hands, everyone would be like, yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. But, but indeed, it's just a thought, right? It's like how we've been trained to think like that's the only time they're involved is when we're in the principal's office. Right. Exactly. I feel like I'm being called to the principal's office. And I was like, nobody has done anything wrong here. Yeah, totally. Um, and yeah. like, I would, I would like focus on that. Thought. Let's, you know, let's just play a game with thoughts, like focus on the thought of like, nothing's gone wrong here. Mm-hmm. Right. Which I think you feel very strongly. Like that seems true. Yes. And it's like with that, like solidity of thought, can you think about the admin being involved in a different way? Um, so the only thing, um, I am not sure of, and this has actually come about because of, of this whole call schedule thing is when I emailed and said, Hey, I take call here. The chief of service at our community hospital said, I wasn't aware that the community surgeons were allowed to take call. And again, it's like this, uh, this, um, unofficial thing we do to help the hospital. <clears throat> um, so the patients, you know, don't have to wait to get transferred and stuff like that. Um, so I, you know, I thought, well, maybe he's looking to make sure nothing got mismanaged on call. Like if it was a call patient, um, as opposed to a patient who came from my office, um, maybe he was looking to make sure that no policy or something was violated, but, um, I don't know. I don't know why one chief of service needs to go to the chief all the way to the chief medical officer. I think it's like one thing to go to the equivalent chief of service at my hospital, but to bring it up to the chief medical officer, I was like, mm, yeah, that's kind of unnecessary. Maybe they're your neighbors. Maybe their kids Maybe. go to preschool together. I'm just making shit up. But yeah. like, <laughs> but like your brain spending calories on trying to figure out why this is happening is only causing yeah. your, you suffering. Right. Right. And, and it's our job just to be curious about that and to be like, you can choose not to suffer because like, Maybe they go to the same church and they just text each other all the time. And this just came like, who? I'm just making stuff up. But you thinking that it's a problem is optional. Yeah, um, I think I'm just a little careful here because this is the same hospital I got written up in and it's pretty small. So I'm trying to like fly under the radar. Um, And by the way, nothing came about from me being written up. Literally nobody cares. Right? Like the chief medical <laughs> officer getting texting this other or talking to this other guy, like nobody really cares. No. But you know, and that's and that's like the fun of if if coaching can be fun. The fun of like, God damn it, you mean that my thoughts are optional? I actually have the choice to like <laughs> not care so much about this stuff. And like the the light starts going in the cracks of the brick wall that we've built up to suffer. 
Yeah. Um, I guess my, it's like, I also have a secondary concern. Like I mentioned, this patient has catastrophized her entire post-op course. She's again, very nice, but extremely histrionic. And I'm like, uh, what's going to go on in her end? Is this going to like get around town again? This thing that was just a freak problem, nobody's fault, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, well, it was her family friend who reached out to this doctor who told the chief medical officer and did this whole thing come about because she literally like wails in her hospital room. Um, you know, I don't know. She'll, go, just, wa- I she'll guess, go wail over in their hospital room too. You know what somebody told me? They're like, good, let her go get a second opinion. Cause then that way she doesn't have to be wailing in your clinic. Um, cause we've done a ton of handholding, um, between me and the PAs and I was like, all right, well he has residents. So maybe they can try to hold her hand. Yeah. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, did you do the best that you could do? And did you show up as the best person you could show up as? Oh, absolutely. Right. And then everybody like, else is just going to, their brains are going to brain. Yeah. But you've got like, you've got so much other stuff for your brain to focus on. I have too much for my brain to focus Right, on. like who cares why he called him and she texted her? Like who, who knows? Maybe their brothers are married to each other. Like yeah. we don't know, but your brain does not need to figure that out. Yeah. Or feel crappy about it. Of like, yeah. it is what it is. Do we need to, do we need to have suffering in, in addition? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just coming from the fact that I am the community doc, even though I don't know, I don't necessarily feel like one. And these are like the academic guys coming in being, you know, they didn't say this, obviously, but I feel this way, like, oh, you did something wrong. And I'm like, I see your patients for second opinions all the time. Well, of course. And and just realize, like, that's you saying that your your brain's yeah. making shit up, my dear. And then you're feeling shitty. Right. <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> we're going to call like end scene one on. Yeah. Stop making shit up to feel shitty about. That'll be the that'll be the title of this hour. Stop making shit up to feel shitty about. Like, it is what it is. She's gonna go be herself over there now. That's okay. Not eight times out of ten, she'll come back because it's not better over there, right? Oops. Hey, sorry. I guess Zoom. Crashed. Now there's two of you. Oh, that's really weird. Can you can't hear me twice though? Can you? No. Okay. <laughs> it's had Zoom crashed. Um. Awesome. I don't. I don't know which one day. I'm just gonna keep you both up there. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um. But yeah, that was the 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 latest saga over here. Dude, there will be sagas until you decide. There's no until you decide there's gonna be less sagas in my life. There will be saga. And even when you decide that. There's going to be like humans interacting and communicating is literally a shitstorm all across the world every <laughs> single day. Like until yeah. we get, like the telepathic, like I get you, I see you, I completely understand. Like even when we both have the same primary language, communication is crappy. Yeah, we, I guess we got brains. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause my thing is, I know sagas are part of life, but goodness sake, can we go more than two days without a new saga for once, maybe just for like a few weeks break. Decide you're not going to make up any more sagas. Yeah. This is I just like my best not to. patient wants a second opinion. 
I'll use this as an opportunity to get to know the CMO better. Yeah. I did everything that I could that was right. Yeah. I'm going to go focus Um, on weekend plans. Well, the CMO knows I take calls, so I'm going to keep that in my back pocket if they try to, like, force this other call on me. See, administration knows that this call exists. Totally. Hey, they, yeah. well, before they weren't aware of you, and now they're aware of you. Maybe it's a yeah. win. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, yeah. thank I, you. I hope that helped. We'll talk soon, yes. okay? Okay, okay. bye. Cool. All right, I'm going to change names here. Rename. This is what you get for not renaming yourself. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Everybody's going to love it. Pumpkin Spice. Hi. Hi. That's a good time. A good, good name for this time of year. Dude, I was grocery shopping yesterday and they have pumpkin spice cream cheese. Oh, yeah. And I didn't I'm know that surprised. existed. That didn't exist before <laughs> in the world before I saw it yesterday. And I'm like, they will put pumpkin spice on everything. Pretty much anything. And you will yeah. buy it. I think I saw like pumpkin crackers or something the other day. Oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Anyways, happy something. fall. Welcome. Thanks. Um. All right. So... I've been doing this a while now, but there's still um, like a big thing that I keep coming back to. It's kind of like a more overarching thing, mm-hmm. not like a specific situation. So, um, and we and we've talked about this, and I think a lot of it comes back to the fifty-fifty. <laughs> you know, where life is fifty-fifty. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes I feel perfectly fine with where I'm at, and um, so I guess I, I, I don't know how to uh, verbalize that at the moment. So I have a private don't have practice. To be, you don't have to be perfect here. Just yeah. Say, right? Everybody knows you don't have to be perfect here. It's okay. Yeah. That's a big problem of mine. So I have a private practice, private practice job. I have two kids, you know, my husband's fine. I live in the suburbs, you know, we have money, we have like everything we need, but then sometimes I just feel like my life is really boring, <laughs> you know? And, um, that I want to do things differently, but then, but then I don't know if I really do. And so what I have a hard time working on is being content with where I'm at in the moment, but yet still maybe moving forward. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of times my problem with moving forward is overwhelm. Like, and I know you can take baby steps. Um, I've realized that um, even the, the baby steps sometimes seem difficult and granted my life has been crazy the last four or five months. Um, been a couple deaths in the family, you know, just had a horrible nanny that I had to work through and stuff like that. So I guess the other person was alluding to this too, but like the shit just seems to hit the fan all the time. Mm-hmm. So how, how do I work the best with that? Because I don't think I'm ever going to reach a point in my life where it's like, oh, okay, I have, this is a good time to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Totally. There's no good, there's no good time. There's no like, and nothing was going on. So I got on Oprah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Nothing yeah. was happening. It's like literally when things are happening, when things happen. Right. I don't know. Like yeah. there are, yeah. 
I hear you. So let's put, I don't know if you can hear, cause I had, I have to buy new paper cause now it's glossy. Cause I'm using the thing. I don't know if you can see that. Can okay. you see that I wrote down sea line content? Content. Yeah. Or is that just totally glossy crap? I can see it. You can yeah. see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you put content in the sea line, right. Uh-huh. Cause I think one of the things you said was why can't I just be content? So what, yeah, are your, what, what are your thoughts about being content? Is being content an okay thing for you? Um, that's what I want. <laughs> um, so I, I want, yeah, like more of a sense that, like, and I've always been really bad at the whole being like present in the moment and this and that, you know, and I think a, a lot of us are forward thinkers, but then we get caught up in the in the future, even though it's not happening yet. I mean, all the like great thinkers and philosophers talk about now is all that matters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So trying to be okay with where I'm at and it doesn't mean I'll always be here. And cause then sometimes I worried about like, how long am I going to be here? When will I ever do it? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Doesn't matter if I ever do it. Maybe it doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is, thank you for bringing up this topic because it's so big and it's so awesome. And I hate the word juicy, but it's very juicy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did I tell you guys the Eckhart Tolle quote that I went and saw Eckhart Tolle like last month in Seattle? Uh, I don't know. I tell I you the story. Know. Okay. So Eckhart Tolle, I get like front row seats to Eckhart Tolle in Seattle. Uh-huh. And he's like, it's like one man sitting on a stage for two hours. There's like no power. Like it's literally him sitting, talking. It's yeah. very, it's very profound. So he like leans on his chair and he's like 74 and he doesn't work out. He like, was very frail. And I'm like, he's going to fall out of his chair and I'm going to have to rescue this guy. But uh-huh. he like, he leans forward and he says, I'm going to tell you a secret. And like the whole, like the auditorium's quiet. And he's like, there is no future. And he was like, there was, the, I, I can hardly tell you what he said for the other two hours, but he's <laughs> yeah. like, literally everything you think about the future is made up. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, the future is a useful construct because then people can meet places and get things done. And he's like, we wouldn't all be here in this auditorium if we didn't put a date down that we all agreed upon. Like it's a mm-hmm. useful construct for society. Mm-hmm. But as a way to live your life, you're making, you're making it all up. Like right. none of it's guaranteed. There is nothing that like, we're like, oh, I think in five years I'll be blah, blah. It's like, you have no idea. Right. You know, and you can get super morbid with it. Be like, you can be dead. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, this whole thing of like, why we struggle with the present moment when the future is actually completely a figment of our imagination. We just love right. being in our imagination. We love making shit up. Yeah. It like occupies hours instead of being present, mm-hmm. which is, this is For maybe sure. a very large tangent from your contentment question, but it's like, isn't it curious why we all struggle so much to be in the present moment when it's really the only life that we're living? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure part of it goes back to the like survival of your species. Yeah, you would be. starve, you'd starve and freeze and be alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, basically, you're like, yeah, there's no meat in front of you. You need to go get some. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the contentment for for you, I don't have I don't have your answer. Mm -hmm. But 
it's like, what is your, what is, when, if you can get as quiet as humanly possible in the like very busy lives that we lead, what does your heart tell you? What are you, what are you supposed to do with this life? Exactly. That's what's really hard. And I don't know how many of us, and I'm speaking for myself mostly, but most of us have been on like a 90 mile per hour train ride our whole lives. And even though I've been working on this for a while, I still have a very hard time getting quiet and answering that question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is, I was, I follow, um, I follow this psychologist on Instagram and she's like, when you're used to go, go, going all the time, being still is like, it feels very unsafe to us. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah. And I was like, surgeons. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Cause like, oh my gosh, if you sit down, some bad, some bad shit's going to happen. Don't, don't you know that? Yeah. The other thing too is I think that like, I'm not sure I'm actually as ambitious as I thought I was. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's almost hard for me to say out loud because we're in a world of type A and competitiveness, you know, especially as surgeons and, and doctors and, and stuff. And like, maybe I actually don't want very much out of life, but I'm afraid to admit that to myself. <laughs> and Dude, that's, that's so like, that's so good. Yeah. Like even, even for you to be like, I'm going to think this, right. you know, like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like hard for me to even say out loud. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, this is, this is big stuff. And for anybody who's like new on the, the call today, welcome. We just, we just decided to go deep this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'll, 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 let's play this game because it's fun and scary of like, what if I became a surgeon as a trauma response to my childhood? Yeah, or just part of that whole like, like, I mean, the messaging is constantly that you should do something great and you should change the world and you should make sure you find something that you love with your whole being. Otherwise, you failed at your work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, to, and to realize, which I think you're realizing now, like that's marketing. Right. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's supposed Those to be are unenlightened people telling you how to telling what you, what you should, and there's no should for you. There's right. no should for you. Yeah. It does go pretty deep though. It's hard. And, and I'm not, that's, what's hard to sort out. Is it the marketing is just cause it's, but I, cause because I am talented and smart. Is it just because people have told me my whole life that I should do something more or do I really feel that way? You know what I mean? Or do as much as possible or whatever that means, you know? Dude, the unexamined life is not worth thinking, which I think is Socrates. But like, that's what you're doing. Right. You're doing like, and most people will spend most of their life not having the thoughts that you're having because what if there's something on the other side? What if there's something through the looking glass? Right. Right. Or what if you actually, through all these questions, get to understand yourself better? Yeah, I think I will get there. I think we're all like, again, I'm, I'm stereotyping surgeons, but we're like, if you slow down, shit's going to just fall apart. Like, yeah. And you're going to lose I, your job. Your kids are going to drop out of school. Your husband's going to leave you. There'll probably be an earthquake and interest rates will go higher. Like, like we catastrophize us slowing down. Yeah. And I absolutely do that for me. I think it even goes further that like, even if I don't slow down, even if I just maintain the status quo and I don't do more, that that somehow that's not enough <laughs> that I should always be like, you know, yeah, looking for the next step or growing or, you know, like 
Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, in the work I've done is like, we get pretty addicted to dopamine, like dopamine's awesome. Right. And yeah. for people, for people who achieve, which we all have, yeah, like we've, we're used to chasing that dopamine stick. Yes. You know, yes. and now we're like, and now you get, you have the insight of like, maybe I've been just been chasing dopamine, you know, whether that's board certifications or a certain number of patients in clinic a day, like whatever it is, getting all my charts yes. closed by 5 PM, like to realize like, Oh, we are just these, we're people that like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're starting to see it of like, what do I actually want? Yeah. What do I want? And that what I'm doing is enough, right? I struggle with that concept too. Like I'm a surgeon. I help patients. I have a family. I take care of my kids. I do a lot. And and it doesn't even matter. Even if I didn't do all that, I still would be a worthy human being. Um, but that's a hard concept for me to really let settle into my heart. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's because nobody's ever, unless you were very, very fortunate in your childhood, I believe nobody's ever told us that. Right. And yep. so then we just, want, we just want to fight with it. Like when somebody actually showed me what a clitoris looked like the first time, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I would have been yeah. taught that in med school and uh, surgery. Right. Like, yeah. no, you mean I'm learning this now? And I'm like, oh, right. it turns out that's what the clitoris looks like. Like, turns out you're worthy no matter what, because if you boil it down, you can't get more basic than that. And that, that's, right. you know, all these coaching things of like, is it true? Is it true? Can you boil it right. down? Can you peel off another layer? If you're not worthy, that's just somebody else putting an external something on you. And then that means other people aren't worthy. And now we're in a very unequal society. Like to me, like, believe me, I go into this questioning all of this stuff. Yeah. Cause I didn't know what the clitoris looked like until I was like 37 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think when I read that book, you recommended that was the first time I really knew. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, clitor it. Yeah. 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 We're like, oh, well, maybe everything I was taught. Maybe it's OK to, to question it. Yeah. And be OK with it. Um, I mean, I think most of my life I've looked for completely external validation. And so I haven't done a a lot of work with internal validation. And I think it's really hard to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody struggles with that. I think, especially as women, we struggle with that even more. So. You should be a, a excellent stay at home, full-time mom, and also be making six figures and rocking your job, both of them at the same time. Right. That's what our society says women should do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There, I was just listening to this podcast with Gabor Mate and they were talking about, apparently there's data on this of like kids who are raised understanding these concepts that you and I are talking about of like, there's no outer metric at which you must meet, right? right. You need to figure out who you are and that you're worthy in and of itself. Like this exact same stuff that, that we talk about here. And they're like, so they've done research on these kids who are like, they've been raised to understand that the carrot's not out there, that the carrot's, you know, it's, it's your worth and self-love. And anyways, they still integrate into society, but they don't buy in to, they like, they see the, the, the marketing a lot better and they don't buy into it. They still exist in it, but they're, they don't measure themselves by it. 
And I'm like, because I think we're like, oh my gosh, I just realized I'm worthy no matter what. Shit's going to fall apart now because I'm not going to care about this job. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, you can still, you still get to exist in society. But you just, right. you just, you see the game a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then that leads to um, being more content because <laughs> you see the game better. You don't buy into it. Yeah. Or, or you get to decide, or it, I, I think I was talking to Jess about this. Cause I'm like, when you see the game, what's the difference between seeing the game and being burnt out? Right. Cause now you're like, I see the, I see the sticks and the dopamine and what people do and where they get their validation. Like you start seeing it all. Cause you see it in yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the difference between like seeing the game of healthcare and like being burnt out in healthcare. And she was like, your energy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was the best answer to that question. Cause it's like, when you see the game and you understand yourself, you choose to be in it. Right. Cause you're like, I don't sure. need, I don't need this for my validation. Right. And, and then, you know, people will pick, it'll be like, well, you need it for money. It's like, you can get money in a lot of different ways. That's true. Yeah. You mm-hmm. really, you really can. Mm-hmm. And it's like you to choose to show up every single day gives you a, a layer of agency mm-hmm. that absolutely that you otherwise don't have because you're you're showing up for a very different reason than validation or being the best or whatever it might be. Yeah, totally. It takes a lot of. Um, uh, it definitely takes a lot of thought work and um, I don't know if this is the right word, but like inner strength to remain solid in that. And I have to remind myself of that like 800 times a day. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, and that there's no there, there, right. There's no like, well, someday you'll just like not be rocked by this world or other people of like, right. no, 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 that's there. It'll always be there. And you'll always, right. you'll always become unenlightened and like drop out of your, you know, and then you'll get back in it again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we're perfectionists and we're like, I'd like to be Buddha by Tuesday, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is there an advanced part of this course? Because I should probably, I'll probably like opt into that part. Right. Exactly. <laughs> there is. I could go to Tibet and do like a monk. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you have to tuck, take it off and go back into the real world again. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's part of like the process of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll get content and then you'll get not content again. Yeah. You actually just kind of hit it there because sometimes the things I'm like, well, I could do this and I know that might work for a while, but it's not ultimately like realistic for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I think that, um, yeah, I think I struggle with that too. Cause I'm like, you know, if I went off the grid and I did this, it would serve all these values that I have, but I also have these values of wanting to be with my husband and kids and they don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So, so struggling with putting all that together, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like, part of it's like, Hey, you're figuring out your values. That's fantastic. Right. Um, 
And part of it, you know, I think part of it's like, it's okay to daydream that we want to go to the International Space Station or something like that. But like most of us aren't. And sometimes it's just daydreaming. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like that piece of it. But there's also like, if you truly have a voice in your heart that is calling you to do something and she won't shut the hell up, there's probably something to that too. Right. Yeah. And so that's what I'm still, that's, that's what you're kind of, I kind of circle back. So some things I'm still not clear on if it's really coming from there or if it's really, or if it's all the messaging, you know what I mean? The other thing too, I've been working on is that it's okay. If I don't figure it out now, if I do it now, if I answer that voice now, or if I answer it in 10 years, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it was just on my own timeline. Totally. And all of this timeline needs to happen before, before whatever happens, happens, right? Like this is, this is part of your process. Part of your process is figuring out yourself and like what drives me and what am I curious about? And I think, I don't think there's an either, either, or I don't think there's like a, well, you need to have pure intentions to decide to add something else. Like, I don't think so. Like I'm doing a lot of stuff with my life that isn't air quotes, just surgeoning now. Mm -hmm because a a voice freaking called me and I had to, but also like there's a dopamine component and it's like, I'm very, but I'm very aware of it now. Right. I'm very aware of like, Oh, that was, that's dopamine. Nope. I have, I'd like my inner calling is calling me to do this part. Right. I think all of your work right now is like, this is not you stuck. This is you as doing the work, doing the work. Yeah. It feels like I'm doing nothing, but it's not really nothing. (laughs) It's not really nothing. I mean, think of it like your insight. Did you have this insight five years ago? No, definitely not. Uh-uh. Right. And it's like this insight needs its time to like get you starting to think about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I and that whole choice thing too. And ultimately, um, it's helped. I'm, I'm being able to sort out a little bit more what's really important to me because if I do take that time to be quiet, if it's something I really want to do, then I can figure out how to do it. Like there's that one book we read, everything is figure outable. Like if I really want to do it, I can do it. So if, if there's something holding me up, if I really sit down and get quiet, it might be because it's not actually as important to me at the root of it that it, that it is, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, you know, the awareness is so much of it of like, we're not comfortable. We, as people who've been trained in medicine are not comfortable with quiet and rest right. and self-care. Right. Like we are yeah. literally not comfortable with it. So it doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It means we, we probably means we have to do it more, but like right. to be like, nothing will go wrong if we try it. Right. And to right. be like, hey, hey I, I know, I know, I'm uncomfortable about this right now because I haven't done it in like 15 years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think, um, I think some people are. We already talked about this. Like, I tend to be a more security oriented person. I like to plan. I like to know everything. And I think that's probably pretty common in a, a surgical field. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm uncomfortable with learning stuff or figuring stuff out by just trying it. <laughs> I like to plan ahead of time. Right. Like, can I get the four books please first? 
Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I, I should probably study this thoroughly. <laughs> right. Before I try it. Yeah. And then ask somebody exactly how to do it. Um, there's a right. surgeon, there's a surgeon here who got coached by like a pretty well-known physician coach. It's not, it's not nobody in this group or anything. And I was like, Oh, how'd it go? And she's like, not good. And I'm like, why not? And she's like, I just wanted her to tell me what to do. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, because we went to med school. Right. People just tell us what to do and then we do it and we're really good at it. Right. You like to know you're going to succeed before you even start. That's how I was. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do I have like a 98% chance of making this work out? Because then I'll, then I'll spend some time doing it. Right. But yeah, of like nobody, you know, to go back to like your question of like, are you doing enough? Are you doing too little? Are you doing enough? It's like, that's, that gets to be all on you. Right. Because anything else is external validation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like my, my coach told me I should blah, 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 blah by two, by July. It's like, that's six. There's a, there's external validation in that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it is, it's all made up, you know, it's all, there's no future, my friends. Yep. Which like to me, it just makes me, it like makes me so giggly because it's like, it's so ridiculous to think that way, but it's so freeing, but it's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. But is is he wrong? He's like, he's like, have you ever been there? <laughs> yeah. has, has anybody ever been there? <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're so he's, true. He's really deep. I I have definitely. It's been a while. Maybe I should revisit him. But I I tried reading him like maybe five years ago, and I had a hard time. His, I, I think his books. I think his books are hard. Not hard like you need a PhD, but like he's. I think he's a much better speaker. Mm, okay. Plus, he's got like a humor to him when he speaks. Uh-huh. That like makes um, it makes it light and okay. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. his podcast at 1.5 speed, I recommend. Okay. <laughs> he's, pre- he's pretty slow. But pretty you, slow, like yeah. he's got a podcast and Oprah, Oprah does like the intro to his podcast. And yeah, he'll take your ego. You'll be like, oh, I was living in the ego again. Th- thanks. Right. But yeah. lots of lots of really good ego. Like your ego is what's trying to figure out are you enough right now? Yes. Right. And that's not, yep. that's not actually who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It's, it's like the most important stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like all of this and, and you never get to stop like struggling with your ego. That's the thing. It's like you, there's no, no ego person. Mm-hmm. And our ego was put there to like protect us, you know? So it's not all bad. Right. Right. Which is what we were talking about. The whole survival thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got, you yeah. totally, you got this. You're, you're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. You're, you're practicing being enough. Thanks. <laughs> totally. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Okay, cool. Bye-bye. Bye. I think I had one more hand. Maybe it went up and went back down. Put it up. Oh, yep. 
These names are so good today, you guys. Rainbow sprinkles. I love it. I just wanted to follow up on pumpkin spice. Thank you for talking about all that, because, of course, we all go through that. But a couple of things struck me in listening to pumpkin spice. And one is you feel like we're supposed to be changing the world. And I would just like to throw out there, I think every single one of us as a female surgeon is changing the world. Um, whether other people acknowledge it or not. Um, so you are changing the world and you just have to embrace that and don't let other people tell you something different. Um, and then I was thinking about your struggle to find what makes you content. And if I can share a little bit of my own struggles with that, um, a few years ago now, I actually almost quit surgery because I was so disgusted with medicine and the way women were treated and all that. Um, and there was a time when I was not working as a surgeon and I had a lot of time to sit and think about what did I really want out of life? Uh, and I am obviously still a surgeon, but basically I would encourage you to go back to what did you enjoy as a child? And if your parents are self-aware and verbal enough to have that conversation with you, ask your parents, what was it that I enjoyed as a child or ask your childhood friends or just think about it for yourself. Um, but for me, it's a little bit comical that this day and age, I come home from work and I do the things that brought me joy as a child, which is basically I play in the dirt growing things and I rescue animals and I read books sitting in the sunshine and I'm really content. <laughs> I really think there's something to be said for what made us happy as children. Anyway, that's all. Uh, Rainbow Sprinkles, I so appreciate when you come on. And if we ever meet in real life, will you please come up to me and tell me that you're Rainbow Sprinkles? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, for me, I remember being a kid and really wanting my own radio station and trying to figure out how to ask my parents to have a radio station. I don't know if I like read a story about a kid having a radio station or something like that. And um, my grandpa was actually like the star radio. And this, I don't think mine was from him. Like he didn't tell me to, he just thought women should be pretty. Like literally he was not supporting, he was not supporting any female out of working right. out of the house. But like he was a radio personality. And then I, that's what I wanted to do when I was a kid. And now I have a podcast and my brother has a podcast. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it's fascinating because I'm like, we have genetic disorders, basically. Like, this goes down like three generations. Like, it came from my grandpa because hmm. he, he did it. And it's like, now we have the technology that we get to do it. And that's what I wanted to do as a kid. And I'm pretty good at it. And uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's huge of like, what did you just naturally do or like? Yeah. It's, I grew there. up in a not very happy house and I used to go hide in the barn with a book and my animals and still what I enjoy doing. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm really boring and whatever. I don't care anymore because I'm really happy with give me a good book and my animals and some dirt to play in. And, uh, and yeah. I change the world every day by being a female surgeon. So 
Totally. And like, you know, the, the, I don't know if it is Eckhart Tolle or who it is, but you know, one of the current big thinkers is like, we change the world by being the most us that we can be. Yeah. Because that's how we put that, we put that energy into the world. We affect other people by being content, by being happy. And that means figuring out what, what that means for us, not an external ladder to climb. Your earlier conversations about um, the sense of belonging to a group. I mentor a couple different young people right now who are early in residency, and they've both contacted me and um, and said, "I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I fit in with the other surgeons." And I'm like, "Good, embrace that, and keep being you." Uh, but I just thought that was really interesting that we feel this overwhelming need to fit in. And yet it's the people who don't fit in necessarily who go and change things. A hundred percent. Totally. totally. I'm, and I'm so glad they have you as like a sounding board for it to be remotely. Okay. Right. To keep showing up every single day and not feel like, you know, they're connected, but I, I, right. I think, you know, and with, a couple minutes left. And like, I just love your opinion on it, but it's like surgery has a way of strip. Yeah. How many, how many doctors have you talked to where they're like, I don't have any hobbies anymore. Right. They haven't figured out what rainbow sprinkles has figured out. Right. Is like medicine has a way of stripping away to make you belong to the consequence of you not knowing what you like. anymore. Yeah. Yep. I just had a third year medical student asking me the other day. Um, he's thinking about surgery several urology actually is one of his proposed fields uh, and ortho is one. Um, but he said, how do I do it and not lose myself? And I'm like, I'm so proud of you for asking the question. Yeah, that's awesome. That it's awesome that he has you to, as a sounding board. Well, I don't know. I sure as hell don't have the answers. Cause I went through a lot of, hell and heartache to finally be content with being happy with the little things for sure. But if I can help save somebody else from the hell that I've gone through, it will be a, I will have changed the world. There you go. hundred percent. It all trickles down. Yeah, totally. Thank you for coming on. I really, I always appreciate your insight. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. (laughs) Likewise. All All right, team. Awesome hour. That was super fulfilling. Super awesome hour. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.